I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Sarah, hi. Hi, Sarah. You getting excited for your competition next week? I am, sort of. (laughs) I'm a little bit scared, but um, no, I'm excited about like the weekend of it, you know. Um, But I, you know, I always want to ask you if you're racing, but I know that you don't like to talk about racing. So I kind of hold back. I haven't raced yet this year, 2023, whatever year it is. Um, I probably won't until I think May, but I am so impressed by people who are racing right now. Like, I, I just can't even wrap my head around it. We had a snowstorm the past couple of days. Right. It's dark, you know, okay. We just had daylight savings time. So it's a little better, but I just, I have learned over the years, I cannot especially since I spent a real winter here, I can't get to good race fitness until it's like late spring. Well, even right. Like even watching like Haley Tura's Instagram, you know, she, and she did great. Like she, you know, yeah, at clash in May, Miami. Right. Is that right? But like, Oh my God. Like one, one moment she's, there's literally like a reel of her, like doing a trainer ride in a snowstorm. And then, like, the next minute, she's, like, running in the heat. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I can do much better the other side. So I can, like, extend my summer fitness into late fall, early winter. But I just, I have learned that any attempts to race too soon in the year do not go well for me. You're, like, slow to come out of hibernation. Oh, yeah. And basically. I am, like... I am the groggy bear right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like limbering up. I am not. Yeah, I am coming out of hibernation right now. And it's mid-March. It's good that you know yourself. (laughs) It's taken a lot of trial and error and terrible early season results. Yeah, I think like as you're talking, I'm like, huh, I think that might have been true for me too. But I don't think I ever took that in. I never learned that lesson. You know, but I had some good, like, you know, I remember racing well in Cozumel, you know, or like other late in the year, hot. It's good for Kona, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's uh coming out coming out sharp. It's hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you're feeling a little dull this time of year, don't worry. You're alone. You're not alone. You <laughs> you're alone. alone. You're alone. <laughs> Hello, sorry. You lose. <laughs> Come on, you can join you can join the groggy bear club with me. Groggy bear club with Sarah True. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, coming up on the show, we have a voicemail from Feisty Ella. We're gonna talk about Rinny retiring, a pool update from Sarah, and a CrossFit taper. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. 
Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your Inside Tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Okay, you need to play this voicemail because it's awesome. Yeah, let's hear it. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. I'm Ella, feisty operator here. I wanted to call in to provide a Gen Z's perspective on the hot girl walk. So first things first, I do have a confession to make. I actually entered the Strava challenge. Um, so clearly, I'm probably the exact target market and just a marketing person's dream and fell for it. But really, to make things clear, I do not identify as a hot girl. I actually probably identify as like the antithesis of a hot girl, um, which is probably why it stopped the scroll for me. You know, let me explain. So you know those clean girl aesthetic videos on TikTok or those daily routine videos on TikTok of girls who look like they have their lives completely together? And then you know how people make videos that are just a complete satire of them, like just completely making fun of them. That's how I feel about the term hot girl. Like you kind of embrace it in a completely satire way. And I think that's probably a Generation Z thing. So, no, I'm never going to think about how hot I am. I would never do that. Like, it's a complete joke. Maybe there's some people my age who do, and maybe I'm alone in this thinking, but I think that for a lot of us, it's kind of like this collective joke. Okay, and then secondly, the reason I really joined is because when I read the description, I saw that Strava would donate $4 to a charity that gets more women and girls into sport for each person that completes the challenge. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll do this. And then also, you know, I kind of like the idea of something that seems so girly and ridiculous on this dude bro app. Like, why not chase QOMs while also completing a hot girl walk? I want to do both of those. Like, yeah, we can be girly and go on a mental health walk with our friends while also kicking ass. Um, Do I think it should be associated with International Women's Day? Is it really solving any gender equality issues? Definitely not. But, you know, I think the pros of donating to this charity probably outweigh the cons. So anyways, that's just my perspective. And everyone, feel free to give me some kudos when I upload that hot girl walk. This this made me smile so much. Thank you, Ella. It also made me realize how out of touch Sarah and I are. <laughs> it's funny because after she's like, you know, it's a bit of sarcasm. And I, you know, I'd never be a hot girl. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like as soon as she said it, I was like, of course, we just didn't like my brain just didn't quite get there. It's like she's saying something that I already know, but like I didn't I couldn't my elderly mind <laughs> could do 
could not non Gen mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that's a lot of what TikTok is, right? Totally. So, like, I'm surprised. I'm just like shocked at how slow I was in the uptake on that. But also, I think there's a layer of I did not give Strava credit for being cooler than me. I just assumed. <laughs> I just assumed it was some like person who had no idea what what is this TikTok thing, um, and I'm not on TikTok, so yeah, of course Trump is cooler than me, which is kind of embarrassing to admit. So yeah, tail between my legs, Ella, you're correct. So we need to give like not just kudos to Ella on her hot girl walk, but also to Strava itself <laughs> for being cooler than us. <laughs> Anyway, I'm now I'm like completely in on the whole hot girl walk thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm going to start strawing it. And yeah. It's very not hot. <laughs> we totally joined now. I feel like we're a year late though. I'm sure it's, that's, that's part of the problem, right? Like these trends, they come out yeah. and like probably it came out like last year and that's when it peaked. But yeah. only now a company is jumping aboard. That's the that's the challenge, right? It's like Strava's cool, but only to a point. Right. Like, <laughs> and you know, we used to actively when we were doing when we were creating more um reels and TikToks in the office, we would actively talk about that. Like how if something was trending on TikTok, we were like, Yeah, we got a couple weeks before it'll trend on Instagram. Like we can just you know, we can make an iteration of it. We can take our time to think of an idea. We could like, we used to literally have that discussion about how the trends would hit at, at different times, especially once we've focused not on getting reach on TikTok per se, but on, um, but on Instagram. Oh, that's so, interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, honestly, it's kind of just to go on a little sidebar here, but like it's evolved very quickly too, because now that more people are like TikTok used to be all those trends. That, and it was like the beginning, there was a lot of dancing. It came from musically. Um, and it was like, and I loved the trends because I loved like all different people making kind of like different, like different variations of the same joke <laughs> kind of thing. Like I just kind of loved that as you know, as, <laughs> as longtime <laughs> listeners will know. Um, but it has evolved into like more educational materials, um, more people um, just like saying what they want to say. It, into the world, which is great, but it's just a little bit harder. Like now that I've let go of the algorithm, it doesn't necessarily show me the right stuff. Mm. Um, I would still love to know and like what's trending, but now things aren't just like trending broadly. They'd like trend in niches a little bit more. Um, so I find it a little bit more difficult to like navigate. Um, and yeah, and reels have gone that way too. Like there's more, um, educational content and, uh, just that kind of, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the individuals like coming on the screen and like talking to you about their thing. Yeah. So it, it has been interesting because in my, in my coursework, um, mm -hmm. TikTok has come up recently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of uh, the clinicians in my class are like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of annoying on one regard because there are a lot of, especially teens come in and they're like, I have, you know, dissociative identity disorder because I saw this thing oh. on TikTok and oh, they're yeah. like, my, no, my daughter's one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So there's the negative of that because like they're coming in with these things that they think they have, but then there are also probably some kids coming in and getting assessed because they actually, you know, like 
they're, they're learning something that's real about themselves. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of education out there. Um, and not all of it is necessarily good. Right. So I, that's really interesting you say that. Cause I had this very thought this morning. I was, I saw an Instagram post and it said, what type of AD, ADD are you? Mm. It didn't give you an option to not be right. <laughs> It was like, what type of ADD are you? It gave all of these types. And then it was like, take the quiz. And when you like clicked through, it wanted you to give them your email address and take this quiz. And it was going to tell you what kind of ADD you have. And I was like, Oh, this is very, it was on Instagram too. So I was like, it, it, yeah, it smelled a lot. Like those more negative sides of TikTok that I haven't, I don't see that often on Instagram. So I was a bit like, Oh gosh, is this happening on Instagram now too? Like that kind of sucks. But I think I also have seen like, because my own kid was someone who like a few years ago would have was like diagnosing herself left, right, and center with all kinds of things. Right. And wouldn't forget about it, of course, after two days or whatever. Um, but, and, but then in the meantime, she would also sometimes get quite, sorry, I shouldn't talk so loud. <laughs> sometimes get like quite upset, especially like if you don't believe her, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you'd have, I, I definitely had to like manage that a little bit, like be like, okay, well, we'll like watch out for that, you know, take note of your symptoms when you see that, like, I just take it seriously and and why not? And then if she forgets in two days, it's gone, right? Um, which is like uh, batting a hundred on that one. <laughs> but you know, if she, if she had had a serious problem, then we would have known too. But now, like now that like now that she's twelve, like some of the YouTube, like now we watch YouTubers who critique. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but like critique some of that content, right? And I kind of love that. Like these are her favorite YouTubers. Like they critique. There's there's one that's like a total feminist. Right. She's just like critiques all kinds of content online. But like, that's how I learned about like the liver king was like the YouTube, like the YouTube critical commentators of like these 20 somethings that are making um, content designed for young people. Um, And she and we watch that. And I actually think I'm like, oh, it's good because it's teaching that like critical thinking. And I can see how she's evolved in her thinking. Like everything she sees online isn't taken at face value anymore. So I don't know. I think things kind of sort themselves out too. Like, it's not like she's gone into a, a deep dive as a teenager into thinking that she, that she has every ailment. <laughs> no, that's, that's terrific. I, I didn't know that that was such a big thing was the, the critical uh, YouTube. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And some of them are just like, it's everything from like the critique movies to like trends. Yeah. Like to a trend on TikTok or a hashtag, or they'll just take something and critique it of course <laughs> mm-hmm. yep um okay so so the news in the tri- since we're a triathlon podcast <laughs> obviously <laughs> um so Rini retired I think she announced that last week um Sarah did you have any how well do you know Rini do you have any personal feelings or about oh that? yeah so uh I mean we we trained together for a few years mm-hmm. and Oh my goodness. The first, the first time I met her, like I was brand new to triathlon Mm. and she shows up, uh, in Boulder with Loretta Harrop, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Olympic medalist, uh, total badass world champion. And Rini was her training partner. Um, and I'm just like goofing around total goober and they're both very serious people when you first meet them. I mean, Loretta's definitely very serious, but like 
Rinnie, I could tell she was like, who is this total joker? (laughs) I was so embarrassed um, Mm -hmm. where it took me years to like show to to not be scared of her. Actually, not scared. (laughs) Just took a little bit of training with her. Okay. Um, But yeah. Yeah, not it wasn't years. It was just for the longest time I was terrified of her because like I thought she was super serious and she's actually very funny and doesn't take herself too seriously and has this amazing attitude. Um where like my biggest takeaway from her training with her was that like yeah, you take you take triathlon seriously. It's your job, but you definitely leave it at work. And like, she was not opposed to going out in the town and having a good time, you know, like she, she and T.O. like will throw back the wine, you know, like they definitely try to balance. And that was something that I learned early on my career, like training with her is that, yeah, that, that obviously got her multiple world titles and like, she is a total badass. Um, and I thought she was crazy serious, but no, there were two sides to her. It was like mm-hmm. at training, you're serious, um, but you still have fun every once in a while. And the rest of the time, like, yeah, you can't take yourself too, too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so. really interesting because like, I have a couple of things to say about ready too, but like the, that was my ex- limited experience, but with Daniela Reef as well, like when we were on the Bahrain team together, that's essentially the only time I've really like spent any time with her, but like in both, I've spent on both sides of the coin, like where we were in Bahrain at one point to do like work on the ground with Bahraini people. We were going to schools and doing this kind of stuff. And she was like on that trip. Cause it was like after the season was over, like it was almost like a completely different human. Mm. Like she was very relaxed. Like, like, did that, like, it was like she had switched off. And then, then during when we went to race, like it was race mode, you know? So I suspect that's probably a good quality for a champion to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm sad because I won't see her at races necessarily. I mean, I guess if Tim's racing, um, but I'm not, I'm not super surprised. So this is, this is, so last year, uh, like talking to her, Basically, they realized that um, Izzy, her oldest, is in school and, you know, she was getting sick all the time um, because once kids go to school, you bring home all the germs. Um, and she realized that basically, like, it was one thing or the other and just didn't didn't have the energy to put, um, to take a, I guess it it just felt like listen, I've done it. Um, it's time to, to focus on my kids. It's time to focus on other things. Um, like I'm, I'm happy with my career. Well, and there was like a stepping stone retirement here, right? Because it was like kind of the, I've retired from Kona piece where that we, like we talked to her in, in Kona in October and she was just about why she wasn't racing and how she was focusing on her kids. So I think this is not, too much of a surprise but it also doesn't surprise me that it takes a little while to kind of like make that decision and let it sink in and really know what you want because like Mm -hmm. I'm that kind of decision maker too when I'm making big decisions I like I know that it frustrates some people (laughs) because they're like they're like they see the trail Mm -hmm. you know I'm like but I'm like if I haven't fully decided I haven't fully decided so yeah um yeah Yeah. well last year she felt like um 
she didn't have the energy basically to put into Ironman training. Mm. She, she could, she could do halves. Right. Um, but just knew what it took to be successful training for an Ironman and racing an Ironman. And um, so I think that was the compromise. And then like after a year of that, probably it was like, eh, I'm good. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think I've told, I think I've said this before on the podcast that like Rennie and I always find each other at the after party. (laughs) It's like, it's like, this is actually I have talked to her outside of that context, but not very much. Like I've had probably three long conversations with Rennie while drunk at the after party in Kona. (laughs) Like that is my experience of her, right? She is very fun drunk. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I, it's funny because I like, I actually think the last time was so does that that this year we left before the after party so it must have been like 2019 like the last time before that I remember jo- I remember saying to her like joking this is like late in the night we're at like you know like upstairs at Laverne's <laughs> like I, like late in the you know <laughs> celebrations and I was like oh my night was not complete without Riddy and I that's like, awesome finding each other but like at the first time I actually super appreciated it it was like I think it was 20. 20- 14 or 2015 um it was a year that she had won and I know that because she was wearing that thing like that <laughs> that crown laurel wreath thing <laughs> I don't even sorry I'm saying it wrong like the Hawaiian gods are gonna come after me but like she was she had to wear it at the after party and we were at um Huggos and it was like late enough in the night when like like of course people were coming up to her because she had won like all the time but it was late enough that she was kind of like at the point of like kind of just like I'm kind of done with that mm-hmm. you know and she came up to address me about, um, I think it was about like the backlash that I got after Ironman Brazil. Um, and she's like, hey, Sarah, I want to talk to you about this. Like, cause she had defended me on a slow twitch oh, article. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and I just like so much appreciated that, like her coming, like I was just someone that like, we didn't like we talked a couple of times and I didn't really know her. Like we weren't friends, you know, like I just, she was someone that I kind of knew and liked and that she like came up to me here. She is in her like celebration evening. It's like, Sarah, I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm so sorry this happened to you, you know? And I, I, I always just really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the sport is definitely better for having had her race, like mm-hmm. unbelievable athlete, um rock solid like I don't think she got an injury her basically her entire career um but like yeah but my guess is she's going to be involved in the sport in some way she did a little bit of the broadcast the NBC broadcast and was really entertaining on that oh yeah Um, she was good on it yeah, yeah so I'm I'm excited to see what's next for her but yeah thank you thank you Rini for making the sport better Yes. Thank you, Rennie, for making this point better. Well said. Um, also, she uh, took to the pineapple challenge very well. <laughs> you that we did that. Um, and the other thing I had just like written down as you're talking is like, I felt like she was someone who like knew her own mind and was willing to follow it. Totally. You know? And that is like always, that was like always part of my impression of her. And I always thought that was a very great quality. So. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So excellent. Thank you, Rennie. Okay, Sarah, I need to hear your pool update. There's, it's like the, there's a whole <laughs> pool training saga in your world, you know? Well, we went from like, pretty amazing <laughs> to 
Sarah has a really lame pool update. This is my life. But I can tell you that everybody loves pool updates. Okay, okay. So as you know, because I complain about it on a regular basis, my pool still has reservations and there's only one person per lane. And it's really annoying because I can never get a lane and just drives me insane. Oh my God. And you can't change your training either. Like if, if you're like, oh, I need a rest day. I have to shift it to tomorrow. Like you can't even like. But my, my schedule is so rigid now that it's mm. like, okay, 7am, I can never get a lane, but that's when I, you know, like I could go on my way to school on Monday and mm. Tuesday, like on my commute is the pool and mm-hmm. I can't ever get a lane and it drives me insane. Like, yes, lap swimmers share lanes. And so it's been this like multi-month thing. And I go to the pool this morning. Um, and the the director of the pool is having this, he does like this coffee with Joe every third Wednesday morning. <laughs> what? And the director I, of the pool? Like it's like a all comers, like ask yeah, questions kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once once a month. And I come up like pistols blazing. Not really. <laughs> I'm like, Joe. <laughs> I really want to talk to you about the lane reservation stuff. And like, this is the fifth time that he's probably heard from me about it, where I offered to buy signs, like telling people how you share lanes, because that was the objection for. And Joe just kind of looks at me was like, Sarah, we are changing the lane reservation things. So multiple people can be in the, the lane at the same time. I'm like, oh. And I was about to go on this whole like explanation of why I think people should share lanes. And he just beat me to it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, I was ready to like fight for my right to share lane and they are changing it. And I am just, it's one of these things that you take for granted, like being able to actually do your training because, you know, there's access. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just made, I think it put in perspective how spoiled I am. Um, where I have a pool that's like 10 minutes away and, you know, I've been near pools like most of my life. There's been one fairly close by and I am a spoiled brat because I've had to use this lane reservation system and can't get in most of the time. But really talk about first world problems, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll take your point of first world problems. I'm not going to fight you, but I... I'm still very curious about this. Like, if you can't get a lane <laughs> reservation, how do you do your swim training? Like, what is that actually? Do you have to, like, book it months out or, like? Uh, it's days out. Yeah. Days. Okay. And Alyssa's been really good at, she's really good at knowing when the lane's open and booking. Mm-hmm. Um so does it come available at a certain time? And like people are online. It's like signing up for Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, she's she's really good. And on top of it, I have no idea what time that is. Um, so I just always get flustered. And like there, there's another pool, but I don't have a, a membership there. So it's like $15 per drop-in. And it just it's yeah. But I have not been swimming as much as I should because of the stupid reservation system. So normally I have like four to five swims a week. I do not do four to five swims a week because of the stupid reservation system. So, okay. So I, just to call you out a little bit, you could have learned like Alyssa did. Yeah. What time you can 
Totally. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but instead, your method is going to be to complain to management. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I I also agree with you about your complaint. So I'm not like totally. Yeah. But I think a big a big part is I just don't know what my schedule is going to be a couple days out. Mm-hmm. Um. So I can guess that I'm going to swim, but like. You know, because I'm juggling so much, sometimes it's like, a, okay, well, 9.15 doesn't actually work for me. I need to find something later in the day because I have to, like, I have a phone call at 10 and, you know, just sometimes I need to accommodate, like, Hawk's schedule and just, I need to be able to go when I can go. Yeah, I totally get that. not plan two days ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And Alyssa's life actually might be more flexible in that way too. Well, um, she's she's probably better at planning. Uh, <laughs> but I yeah, think she's I, better at planning than like almost any other yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. not so alone there. I'm giving her credit for that, but also like just I a lot of the time my things are plans when like moved around kind of last minute based on other people's schedules. Were you not allowed to plan to share with a friend? Like, could you be like, Hey, Alyssa, I know you got this lane, but can I like use half? Like, because you two know how to circle swim or even just divide the lane. We never, we never tried it. Um, she did offer, uh, cause she knew that Monday and Tuesday, I always wanted the 7am and never could get it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the problem is that the master swims then, the master's team, and they are one per lane or masters, sometimes two per lane, but they're like two lanes available for other lap swimmers. We're talking many- prime time, 7 a.m. Like, But how many lanes does this pool have? I think it's 10 or 12. So there's like 10 master swimmers mm-hmm. and then like two lanes available at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God. 10 yeah. master swimmers could go in two lanes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh from like four on, there are basically no lanes because that's when all the, the kid teams are swimming. Oh yeah, the swim- yeah. But again, they're one to two per lane. <laughs> Why? Don't is know. that the pool rules or like is that just like the swim culture? Like what is what is it's that? so weird to me it's so it's weird. very weird that's not even normal like I expected normal I expect swim clubs like master swimmers and kids clubs to actually do things like you know normal like you have a few people in the lane you circle swim you know how to get around each other if you need to to communicate etc cetera, etc cetera. no it's it's really annoying and I okay this is the last thing I'm gonna ba- say complain <laughs> about because it's getting changed but part of the things that really annoyed me is I would show up. Okay, say say the the nine fifteen slot is all booked out. I show up a little bit early for my ten o'clock slot, and most of the lanes are empty because nobody swam for forty five minutes. Like very few people use their entire slot. Mm-hmm. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you're like, you're probably like, I need extra. Like, can I have your extra time? Yes. Well, that's, but that's why I go, that's why I go early. So I'm like, I've learned that people don't actually use their spot. Right. Oh, that drives me insane. Yeah. (laughs) Not a fan. Anyway, sorry. 
for the lengthy, but this is like the best part of my day. This was the best thing that happened to me today. <laughs> was learning at coffee with what was it? Coffee with who? Coffee with Joe. Coffee with Joe. Joe with Joe. That you can now share lanes at the pool. Yeah. It's a big day in your world. It actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, I wanted to tell you, I forgot to tell you this last week, but I'm going to mention it now and it's related your, I saw your Orca video that you mentioned. Of you talking at the end of the lane. Yeah. And like from what you described about how self-conscious you were to like what emerged is like two completely different things. Like it was a completely great video. You did not seem self-conscious at all. You just seemed totally natural and good. Thank you. Once the camera is going, it's fine. But like, I don't know. I feel weird setting up a camera. Okay. And... Now, also, now that I know, like, okay. <laughs> During the context of this story, when you're like, yeah. I feel weird setting up a camera. Da, da, da. Like in my head, you're like setting up a tripod on the side of like a bustling pool full of people and you're feeling self-conscious. And now I'm like, literally... There's like one person per lane. There's nobody there. Nobody cares or even paying attention. You're at the end of the lane. You're not even like out of the water. Like you could just be having a FaceTime with your friend. Like nobody like, like literally. It was Alyssa. <laughs> and then Alyssa reposted it with an arrow to herself swimming the next lane. She was the only person there. <laughs> yeah lifeguards but I feel like maybe your level of self-consciousness is like a bit exaggerated <laughs> for this situation I <laughs> just say feel it. weird about that okay so. and all those people who related to you and were like yeah I feel weird about talking on a camera and or on a camera phone in a public place it was public. Sarah was Sarah was in a public place that was semi-private. There were three people there. One of them was Alyssa, and she's got nothing to complain about. <laughs> Don't minimize my distress, Sarah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Are we gonna get voicemails about this? <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was a great video, and I wanted Thank to say you. that. That was the main part. Making fun of you is just a fun side. Oh, you know, I'm I'm glad I can be there for you. All right, Sarah. Okay. Let's take a little break. And then, oh, did you have something else? No, that I was going to say, let's focus on you now. Yeah, let's focus on me. Well, I do. I would like to ask you and our audience a little bit of advice about my CrossFit taper. So um, we'll do that after the break. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com 
that's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, Iron Women 1515 at orca.com. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why AminoCo's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, <laughs> and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. All right. I'm totally deflecting because the last thing was about me. And now you get to, we get to make fun. Of, I mean, talk about you. <laughs> Very happy to be made fun of. Okay. So as, okay, I'm going, this is Wednesday. This comes out Friday. So like, as you're listening to this, I may be boarding a plane to Penticton to go to this CrossFit competition. And I know I told you last week, like I know with quite a bit of certainty that I'm going to come last in my age group. Um, fourth, fourth, fourth place, fourth. Yep. If I, if I, you know, there might be someone, somebody might drop out and I could get a medal. <laughs> you never know. You always hope, but, <laughs> but like, I actually, like I thought of something else. Like I have never done a CrossFit competition. Like as like the RX level of like masters is like the it's like the quote unquote elite masters or whatever versus like the scaled divisions. So I've always done the scaled divisions before. So actually I am going up a category. So like, to be fair, coming last is like a reasonable placing. If I can now like do the movements in the competition. So I had a little, like I had a little talking to myself about that. Um, but now I'm like, kind of like, I got quite tired. So in the previous from training and in the previous CrossFit competitions I've done, First of all, they were all before COVID and I was a lot closer to like the massive base fitness that I had from so many years of Ironman training, even just like on a cardio level. Right. So I, even though I wasn't that strong, I still had that, like, I still had a sense of fitness and I still felt like going to CrossFit every day for an hour was still not very much exercise for me. 
And then considering the fact that I was doing the scale divisions, the weights weren't that heavy. Um, and so I, you know, I would like, I didn't really think about tapering or I would just did my thing, took a day off before and went into the competition. But now I'm carrying like enough fatigue, like one, I'm like not as fit going into like going into it. I did a little bit more the last three months, but also even the last couple of weeks, I've had some like big two hour block sessions, um, with my coach. And then like, and then I got so tired, like yesterday I was like, you know, one of these, like, I knew this, I I haven't had this experience since I was trained, since I trained for triathlon where you're like, just barely surviving. Like you just have this day where you're like, Oh, you just slug through it. You're kind of doing okay ish. And then you just know, like you need to rest. And in particular, if you had a competition coming up, you'd go, Oh, this is definitely a time to rest. So I took today off. (laughs) Now I'm in this really weird position. Like, how do you, like, I, I used to know myself. Like I used to know when I was like overextended and couldn't push training any further and had to take a step back. I used to know when I was tired, but could still get a little more out of myself. I knew all of those signs and markers, like somewhat they, they change and move a little bit, but like, but in CrossFit, I don't Mm. like, so I like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to taper. And then you have additionally, like, even if I ask someone in CrossFit, like my coach know how to to taper, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it would apply to me because I feel like my symptoms of perimenopause and like my unusual sports background, like for crossfitter. Like, I feel like all of these pieces are like, I don't know. It's yeah. Like I, I just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, okay. So I took today off tomorrow. I'll probably like move today's Wednesday, probably move a little bit Friday. I'll probably take off again. Cause I do like really well if I'm super rested now. Anyway, it's a very weird thing to work through for the first time. I have no advice for you. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly have no idea how taper works for my guess is you want to do some stuff between now and then. I don't know for that sort of thing. Well, and like it's the, 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 like the, there's five events. You do three on Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, the events are 20 minutes or less, right? Um, there's no, like, for example, in triathlon, like one of my downsides as a swimmer was like, I didn't have like a start. Like I found it hard to get off the line and would often end up just like trailing behind like a group, (laughs) but I'd be swimming just as fast as them just didn't go off the lot, you know, like stuff like that. So I knew like I needed to be warmed up. If I had any chance of being with good swimmers, I had to like, or swimmers that were the right for the rest of the 3.8 K were the right pace. I'd have to like, just go balls out for that first 200 or whatever, which I think is true of a lot of triathletes, but like in this, it's like, there's not a real advantage to like being super sharp. Like actually, if you, if you burn too many matches in the first, like two minutes of an event, like I still know that my background helps me like at the back, like after a few minutes, people start to peter out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so. I, I mean, does it, cause it, some of the stuff is range of motion, right? Like you, Yes. For the lifting. Yes. So you don't, you don't want to take all the time completely off because you just feel kind of stiff and yeah. 
So can you do like less load and more kind of movement-based exercise? I think so. Yeah. So take some of the weight off. I Um, think that's what I'll try to do tomorrow. Like do a couple little things that do some cardio. (laughs) Cardio. (laughs) I'll just do a little cardio to move my body. (laughs) I feel like I'm in like a 1980s like fitness regime for doing cardio oh this Um, is so interesting to me though it is it's interesting to me too and I think and I like that's why I'm kind of laughing because I'm like anyone who's an expert in ex-endurance athletes taking up crossfit who are perimenopause and tapering for an event like I'm all ears like (laughs) somebody has that cross-section of expertise then bring it I do I do not but one of our (laughs) listeners may so yeah I, I look forward to hearing what they have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, Ella's going to be like, well, I saw this thing on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I'm really going to be curious to see what, what they say. Yeah, I've actually, and I'll tell you one thing I do remember. Like, I did a little local competition last year, like, uh, that's that a friend and I did. It was like a, just a day one where you do like three or four events during the day. And, um, I do remember being very surprised how much it helped taking the day before completely off mm. where it's like, I, in triathlon, I would not, I would no, never no, no, no. Would, I would make me feel flat and awful. And I would never get off the start line. It would take me forever to warm up. Like, yeah, but now because, and because you're like, you're recovering from less load too like even because I'm like an amateur at this like if I was a full-time crossfitter it would probably be a whole different story but because I'm just like even though I feel there's a little bit of load on me right now in terms of training load I don't feel that I need to like recover from I don't it's not like Hmm. it's not like Iron Man training load (laughs) yeah of course yeah I I, I'd be interested but my guess is like staying neuromuscularly sharp. So like kind mm-hmm. of more plyometric type stuff mm-hmm. and more range of motion. I'd imagine would be helpful. Yeah. This is good advice. I have no idea. I'm... Mm-hmm. If somebody actually knows something, please leave us a voice <laughs> now. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's something here. And like the whole thing is too, like, I think we don't even, like with perimetabolism, we don't even know really. Right how to get the best out of people even in train even in this like regular day-to-day activity so the idea that we know how to taper is like kind of ridiculous but even just knowing more about tapering for a crossfit off of a very low to moderate training load would help Uh, yeah i'm gonna say do 10 burpees drink a glass of wine scroll tiktok the Sarah True paper. <laughs> totally. Oh, well, we we can't wait to hear how it goes. I'm assuming that um our listeners also feel the same way. So keep us keep us posted. And thanks for listening to another week of if we were riding. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.